Radio. There's a thing that stands out from our gospel this weekend, and that's when Jesus talks about the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. That's puzzling to us because if we know our theology, we know that no sin is unforgivable, that God's mercy is eternal, it's infinite, it's everlasting. There's nothing that we can't get forgiven. And yet Jesus seems to say that someone who commits this sin, this blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, will never have forgiveness. They are guilty of an eternal sin. To understand, I think, what Jesus is saying, we need to look at the context and what Jesus says more closely because the scribes are saying that Jesus' exorcisms, Jesus' deliverance ministry is from the devil. It's from Satan. So they see, they see the work of God, God healing and liberating people, and they attribute that to Satan. It's then we can begin to see what Jesus might mean by an eternal sin and about someone never having forgiveness. Because if you mistake God's work for Satan's work, if you mistake God for the devil, how will you ever have forgiveness? How will you ever turn to God? Because you can't see him. To you, black is white and white is black. How lost are we when we don't see God for who he is and we mistake him for something else? How can we ever turn to God for his mercy? And I'd say there is a kind of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit going on in our culture today. There's a great blindness, a great blindness, where people don't see sin. People don't see that they've done anything wrong or that they need forgiveness from God. People don't know that they have a sickness that they need healing for. And therefore, they never seek out the healer. They never seek out Jesus Christ. So there's a great blindness. And then there's the risk of us not turning to God for his mercy. Sister Brige McKenna, a sister who um, was on the retreat I was on recently, spoke a little bit about the year of mercy to us. And she said, you know, in the year of mercy, there was a lot talked about God's mercy. You know, the fact that God is full of compassion, full of healing love, ready to forgive anything. And that's true. And it's a wonderful truth about the God we believe in. But perhaps wasn't it wasn't the full message that we needed to hear because the full message is also not only that God is merciful and that he's full of merciful love, but that we need to repent as well. So repentance is necessary. And what is repentance but the turning to God and saying sorry? The admission of guilt, saying that there's something wrong that needs to be corrected. That's what's needed as well. Not just our awareness of God's mercy, but our awareness of our need for, rep for repentance, especially today. So we need to see sin as sin. 
And therefore, know God as God. Know that his mercy needs our repentance. And St. Paul, in our second reading, also speaks about two different kinds of man. Two different ways of speaking about the human being. He talks about the outer life and the inner life. The inner man and the outer man. Now, if you've paid attention to how many people go to Slimming World next door, there's an awful lot of people spending time thinking about the outer man. And that's good, you know, it's not a bad thing to want to take care of our bodies, to want to look after ourselves. But how many of us spend as much time looking after the inner man, the spiritual life, the interior life, our soul? and how we relate to God. Are we not neglecting that and only paying attention to the physical? We look after our comfort. We make sure that our mattress is a good mattress, that we eat well, that our central heating works. We look after our bodies. But how much time do we really put into our souls? How much work do we do to make sure that we're fed with what gives our souls life, that there's the grace of God in us so that we can be who we're meant to be. The danger is we forget to fortify what really matters. Because as St. Paul also points out, this body is going to die. That's what he really is saying when he says, you know, it's going to be folded up like a tent. In other words, one day we're all going to have to die. And that shows to us really the importance of what is lasting, what is eternal, which is our soul. That's the thing that we really need to worry about above all else. And you know, if you try to prioritise the spiritual in your life, the invisible over over the visible, people will think you're insane, just like they thought Jesus was insane. His relatives tried to take charge of him because Jesus proclaimed this truth that what we cannot see is the most important thing, not what we can see. That this relationship with God is the all important thing. I remember a a priest friend of mine, he was in his former life um, very high up in a clothing company, I think it was Topshop or Topman. Um, and he had a really nice car and he had a really posh looking house furnished beautifully and he remembers there sitting one day in his sitting room looking around at all these beautiful things and it just came to him and he said it's all bricks and mortar it doesn't matter it's not important it's not going to last it's not going to go with me when I die And that began for him the journey into becoming a priest because he realised that God was calling him to something much more. But God is calling all of us to much more than physical things and dependence on possessions and money and things we can see. So we need to fortify that inner life and not perhaps focus so much on our physical life, although that's a good thing too. But the spiritual, the interior life, the state of our soul is all important. 
And why do we do that? Well, because it's all about relationship. The relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. That's what our whole faith is about. Jesus, in that gospel, interestingly says that the ones who are his mother, sister and brothers are not somehow biologically related to him, but are the ones that do the will of his Father in heaven. It's as simple and easy as that. To have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we need to do the will of God. We need to do his will. So what does that mean? Well, it means that we are not born into God's favour as if we could just get the carrying card, get the membership card that says Catholic on it, and then we're in, and then we're sorted for eternal life. We don't get a CV to present at the gates of heaven to St. Peter in order to get us in. It means that our true relationship with God, our relationship with Jesus Christ, is measured by our intimacy with him, not by what boxes we tick. Of course, we do the things which are visible, like come to Mass, receive the sacraments, because we have that relationship with Jesus. If we're doing those things, though, when we don't have a relationship with him, then we're kind of tombs walking about, really. It looks okay on the outside, but inside there's nothing going on. There's no life within us. Doing his will is what will bear fruit. Doing his will is how we put the grace that we receive in the sacraments into effect. Jesus calls each one of us into an intimacy with him. But for that, we need to see sin as sin and repent. We need to work on our interior life and make sure that that relationship with him is real. As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate.